nature. Sometimes it seems to me the more we learn and the more science inquires, the more magical the world becomes. Every seed, every small creature on the earth, every new discovery is a testament to the joyous miracle of life. Of course, there are those in the court who say I prefer animals and plants to humans. They don't repeat it to my face, but I'm aware of the whispers. The botanical prince, they call me, and they do not mean it as a compliment. I'm considered odd, unsuitable, and something of a fool. A real prince would go hunting, they say, not spend all day with his nose in a book. A real prince would not cloister himself away in the palace library and spend all his hours writing to far-off academics about remote concerns that have no relevance to everyday life. They have a point, I suppose. I'm aware that I shut myself away too much. But there is no peace, no equanimity to be had in the court. Besides, in this age of enlightenment, is it not the duty of every gentleman to engage in scientific study? Some of the keenest minds in Europe and beyond are my correspondents. Is that not worth something? My father thinks not. He says I spend too much time writing letters and not enough time with the people here in our kingdom. He's right, of course. I should meet with my courtiers more and strive to be a better prince, but I find it so much easier to express myself on paper than in person. When I write, I find the clarity I lack when faced with real people, people who make judgments about how one speaks and looks, people who smile so broadly but show nothing but contempt in their eyes. My awkwardness is a drawback, I realise. Shyness is a deplorable quality in an heir to a throne, and my parents quite despair of me. But it is just that the people of the court make me feel so anxious. Everyone I meet seems to be very vigorous and very loud. At every function I attend, every gathering I am compelled to grace with my presence, I find myself surrounded by persons who are talking very vociferously of their triumphs and accomplishments. They are so full of talents and resources, these people. At least, they tell me they are. And so it must be true. I'm left feeling rather inept by comparison. Father says they are simply trying to impress me because one day I will be their king. It's natural, I suppose, to want to make a good account of yourself to your future monarch, but the louder they become, the more inept I feel. My spirits sink, my tongue falters, and I find myself longing to slip away to the library and the quiet bliss of a book. Nothing is more refreshing to my soul than a book. Nothing pleases me more than to settle down on the library hearth in front of a blazing fire and lose myself in reading. Or to sit at my desk and write a letter 
forming my thoughts into the orderly sentences that elude me whenever I try to speak them out loud. The library is my only haven in the palace, the only place where I know there will be nothing to disturb or alarm me except the tick, tick, tick of the clock. Which reminds me, I have had a reply from Professor Lindbergh of Sweden. This is a great honour, as Lindbergh's theories are already making him somewhat famous or infamous, and I did not think he would ever deign to respond to the letter I sent him. The professor is propounding some truly astonishing theories on the subject of time. He believes that time has a greater influence on humanity than has ever previously been imagined. We are, of course, he argues, all witnesses to the transformative consequences of time. The grey hairs and wrinkles of age are but two signs of its progression across the human body. However...